Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that li- likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host. Oh, I'm your host, John, and with me, as you can tell already, because she is very antsy to talk about this movie, I guess, is my bestie and another go-to co- uh, guest host, Lauren Gismondi, everyone. Woo! Oh, I am so happy to be here. <laughs> so now, you gave me a, a list of movies... This was on there, and I have to say, I don't think I've ever saw this movie before this episode. Ah, very interesting. Okay. So, like, you gave me you gave me a couple of movies, and I was like, I've seen them. Let's do this one. I haven't seen it, so mm-hmm. and I am very happy I watched it. I'm not yes. gonna lie to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking. What movie about- is it, John? What movie are we talking about? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Lauren. If you couldn't tell from the uh, episode description, it's The Prince of Egypt. Yeah. Came out in 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, screenplay by Philip Lezebnik. I can't pronounce last names and I'm so sorry, Philip. Uh, music and lyrics by Stephen Schwartz and directed by Brenda Chapman, Steve Hickner, and Simon Wells. And according to IMDb, Egyptian Prince Moses learns of his identity as a Hebrew and his destiny to become the chosen deliverer of his people. Yeah, it's the book of Exodus, everybody. It's the book of Exodus. And they tell you that before. Yes. What are your thoughts on that disclaimer? Well, here's what's interesting is I don't know if it, that was always part of the movie because i didn't see it myself until a few years ago i didn't see it when it was in theaters as a kid so it kind of passed me by at that point in my life so i really appreciate it i think that what they say in that opening moment is important to know to understand the historical references and also the importance to both the old testament as well as the torah so I th- I really appreciated that that yeah, little like you know like w- w- you know them saying like this may or may not be completely true but this is where we're pulling from. I actually took a picture of it because I wanted ah, to. like... You know, why don't you read it for the listeners, John? The mo- <laughs> the motion picture you're about to see is an adaptation of the Exodus story. While artistic and historical license has been taken. We believe that this film is true to the essence, values, and integrity of a story that is the cornerstone of faith for millions of people worldwide. The biblical story of Moses can be found in the book of Exodus. Mm-hmm. So they had to repeat themselves twice. To say. Just for clarity's sake. And yeah, it's both in the book of Exodus and it's also, I believe, a section of the Torah um, for as far as Hebrew scripture goes. I think it's also in the Quran. I believe that since those three books are essentially the very, very, very similar material. They're the same. Just say it. <laughs> I would never say they're exactly the same, but I would say that they are siblings in the same family. 
even though they would not always want us to believe that. Well, so I was reading to continue with this and mm. uh, to, to drop a trivia from IMDb. Producer Jeffrey Katzenberg and the production team talked with about 600 religious experts to be as accurate and faithful to the story as possible. And all of them were very happy about that they listened to their advice and everything Good. when yeah. they saw the film, when they had a private screening of it. Mm. So it's that very interesting. And then I went down a, a K-hole looking up Moses. Mm. Apparently there are, besides the book of Exodus, there are four different stories about Moses, each very different than the last, except for the last one where it's like, Okay, so you've got Manetho, who is the an Egyptian historian, um, who says that Moses's name, Moses's original name wasn't Moses. It was um, let's see if I can pronounce this Os Osarshif Osarshif. Uh, you'd have to spell it for me in order for me to help you out. O S A R. S-H-I-P-H. Remember, this is the Egyptian language, so I, I could be westernizing it or whatever. That sounds like it's right. Osarshif. Osarshif. Because it's, um, yeah, I think that's right. But I could also be lying through my teeth. He was a brutal and violent monster who wasn't Jewish, created an uprising with the lepers that the pharaoh quarantined out of Egypt and created the Jewish laws out of spite for the Egyptians mm. like the Egyptians and their lifestyles yes and then um he and his rebel group of lepers formed an alliance with the people of Jerusalem conquered Ethiopia and inv- invaded Egypt to then be pushed out of Egypt years later exactly. and settled in Jerusalem yep so that's only one story. <laughs> you have the Greek the Greek version from Strabo is that Moses was a philosopher and thought monothe- monotheism just made sense to him. Um, he didn't speak to God. That mm-hmm. wasn't a thing. And he was the ruler of Lower Egypt. Uh, he left his position and led a group out of Egypt to start their own country and there was no force met by anyone. And they settled in Jeru- Jerusalem and they created a chill religion with some rules. That's it. That was then bastardized years later. Right. And then the Jewish historian At- Atrapanus uh, says that Moses was the son of a, I'm not even going to try with this name, a king of Upper Egypt mm-hmm. and was forced in to go into war against Ethiopia in the hopes that he'd get killed. However, Moses conquered Ethiopia. So yay. Moses then started three religions. Uh, They don't necessarily have names from what I understand, but the last religion that he started was uh, after God burst out of the earth and told him to invade Egypt and free the Jews. Moses then whispered God's name into the Pharaoh's ear and the Pharaoh died. Oh. <laughs> so 
And then we have the Roman version, which I like to call the All Stars version. <laughs> Why? Because Ta- Tacitus, who wrote this version, picked bits and bobs from the other three to create his own. So, like, Moses and lepers were banished to the wilderness and taught the people to turn against God and man because he was like, God isn't helping us. Man kicked us out. So fuck it. And then they reached a city and created a new religion uh, with his people and introduced a kosher diet fasting to commemorate their journey and had the seventh day as a holy day because they really walked through the wilderness for seven days. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting. I wanted to like make sure to mention all of those because obviously with stories from the Bible or whatever, the Quran, the Torah, whatever religion you follow, there are always other versions of it. Yes. It's very fascinating. So I have a question then of those four, which you just lovingly told us about. Yes. Which one came first? You know, out of the website that I saw, I have no idea. I want to say, though, the Egyptian one, because it feels like that might be, like, the older story. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. know. They, they, they're, they're all based off of historians of the different regions. Right. I feel like the Roman one is the one that happened later. <laughs> and the Romans have always been known to copy from the Greeks. So... Right. <laughs> The Mediterranean love story that's all just about stealing ideas from one another. So there are, it's very interesting that they're all basically the same. It's just that the details are changed. Here exactly. There. You know, Ultimately, like, there's a, a bunch of people who are marginalized who either are at war and then leave or just decide, okay, we're cool. And they just peace out. But I liked this one and I have a little... Um, Query, uh, not query. I have problems with what IMDb called it, how they described it, because it felt more like a brother's story rather than just Moses. You know what I mean? And I agree with you, especially because the title is The Prince of Egypt. So who is really, which prince are they referring to? Right. Because, you know, because I wouldn't classify Moses personally as the Prince of Egypt. You have the blood I would classify Ramses is yes. the prince of Egypt, which makes it all the more interesting to break this movie down. Yeah, because um, Ramses is obviously older in this version. Yes, I don't. I, I'm basing it now only on the movie that we watched. Yes, let's um, go down this road. So thank you for going down the road with me on the other versions of it. I just, <laughs> I just saw it and I was like, I need to tell somebody. But like in the beginning, you follow Moses's mother sending him down the Nile and you see the queen pick him up and everything. But Ramses is there and Ramses mm-hmm. is clearly old enough to be walking and talking. Yes. So did he just not register that his baby brother came from the sea or did he i don't think so and it doesn't come off in the storytelling that it was ever really discussed 
period. Right, because even Moses was like, I'm adopted? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I feel like this is very much like a nobody asked and nobody said anything. (laughs) I actually really like this movie and I'm thanking you for... I'm not a religious person by any means, Mm -hmm. but this was actually done very well. Yeah, good storytelling is good storytelling, no matter where it comes from. Because they do pull from the book of exodus as we talked about Mm. but like it's not hyper religious if you will i felt like (laughs) it's not like you're going to church and they're hitting you over the head with it yes you're right (laughs) because um there was another here's another trivia that i want to throw down there Mm. um obviously val kilmer is also credited playing the voice of god as well as moses yes but originally they wanted the voice of God to be a woman and a child's voice mixed together. But what they ended up doing was they had all of the uh, major actors whisper God's lines. And then when it came to Val Kilmer's term, they were like, Ooh, let's make you the dominant voice. <laughs> so if you, I want to go back. I want to go back. Cause apparently you could still hear the whispers i know i agree i also believe it would have upset a lot of people if god was portrayed as a, any semblance of a female deity i think there would have been some people that would have probably lost it a little bit rude I, that- i'm being honest with you I, at that point in time i can't see people accepting that all right, we won't go. We won't go talking. To That's a whole the, other conversation. You're right. For a whole other podcast that we're starting <laughs> together, to, called Religion Talk with John and yes. Lauren. <laughs> but it's interesting that there is a stage version of this that yes. just came out recently. Oh yeah, in the before times. Yeah. Well, so I was reading about it. There was a concert reading at bay street theater in sag harbor long island in 2015 mm-hmm. and then the show premiered at mountain view center for the performing arts i forgot where that is california i want to say okay. in 2017 and then played in copenhagen in utah the next year and then in 20 2020 a revised version with opened in february on the west end with a cast of 38 people and that makes sense for what the for what the movie calls for and what the story itself calls for you do need about 40 actors and some you know some animals like that's 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 a lot of people hopefully the stage can hold all of them Um, They're not all on stage at the same time. It's fine. (laughs) That version was revised from the original. So there's like a whole new design and uh, music was changed. There's even a new song added. Mm -hmm. And five songs from the movie stayed in that show. Yes. Which are Deliver Us, All I Ever Wanted, Mm -hmm. Through Heaven's Eyes, The Plagues, and When You Believe. Yes, that makes sense. This one has nine songs, and it's interesting. The way that they are so long didn't feel like just nine songs. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Deliver Us 
a shit ton of stuff happens during that. <laughs> and then you go into River Lullaby and it's so seamless that it feels like one song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are we watching an opera right now? Is this what's going on? I mean, that is the vibe for sure. A question though that I want to ask, do you feel like this movie needed to be animation? Could I they have done so. it as live action? No, I think so. There's something about animation sometimes that makes a story that much more accessible. I mean, I liked how they did the burning bush and mm-hmm. the that was legs cool. and everything. Mm-hmm. If it was a live action movie, it would have been so much scarier. And this, it's because it's animated. It does. It, you still feel that the stakes are high. You still feel that level of fear. But there's something about it being animated that makes it slightly less scary, I think, and easier to watch. Right, because this came out before The Passion of the Christ. Yes, that's correct. Which was... uh, That was 2004. Yeah, and it was gore porn for the Bible. Oh, no, 2005. That was 2005. 2004. You're right. Oh. That's what IMDb says anyway. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, like... That was when Mel Gibson was just like, let's throw a shit ton of blood into the mix. Yeah. And in fairness, the passion, that particular story from the Bible and this story from Exodus are not at all the same as far as like the level of, well, maybe it is actually just as gory now that I really think about it. Because how many people died in the book of Exodus? So Um, many. Everyone did. Yeah. Okay, everybody. I take that back. I'm. <laughs> Isn't the book of Exodus the um, Noah? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a bad Bible study person. It's fine. Uh, speaking of Bible study, though, was hmm. there a fire tornado in the <laughs> in the Bible? I do remember there being fire falling from the sky. Yeah, but like... As far as the tornado, I don't know. I don't think that word is used. Because I, I mean, obviously they're asking you to believe in a lot of things with this movie. But I was just like, fire tornado? <laughs> <laughs> well, plagues are scary. So, you know, it's again, it's a way to up the ante. And, you know, they even said it in the opening that, you know, they're take, they took some liberties. Yes. I would say a fire tornado counts as a liberty. You know what also counts as a liberty? Uh, what? Casting Martin Short and um, <laughs> Steve Martin. That made me so happy for all the wrong reasons. As Hotep and Hoy. <laughs> yes. Uh, that- I did find it interesting that there were a lot of white people in this movie. Now, granted, there yes. is a lot of like... There's a lot to unpack with um, the history of the Mediterranean and how there were influences in different countries that crossed between lines. You know, like the argument about whether or not Cleopatra is a person of color or is she Greek? Like, like there's all those these sorts of arguments that are surrounding this particular part of the world because there was a lot of moving around and trying to conquer each other's lands. So, right. But I will say, and the reason I I had to do some research on this particular singer, uh, on Ofra Haza, um, who plays, who is the voice of um, Moses's mother, um, Yocheved. Is that the name of the character? Yes. Yes, it is. 
I had to look her up because out of everybody, I was like, okay, I know Michelle Pfeiffer. I know Sandra Bullock. I know all these other actors, Val Kilmer. Um, I always say his name wrong because it looks like Ralph Finnis, but I know it's Ray right. Fine. Ray Fiennes, yeah. Ray Fiennes. I'm so sorry. I will never be able to get that right because it looks one way and it sounds like something not <laughs> that. I had to look her up because her voice was the one I was like, ooh, this is interesting. This is distinct. I need to know more. And spoiler, she passed away right after this movie was released from yeah. AIDS complications. Uh, I saw that she was Israeli. Yes. And that she was part of your vision song contest. Yes. Fascinating. She was like second. Yeah. I believe, which is yeah. amazing. Yes. She's classified. For those of you who want to look her up and listen to her music, you should. She's considered the Madonna of Israel. So, oh. yes. Take some time to check her out because I, I and I appreciate, I'm so glad they, you, that they asked her to do this and she said yes even for like this really only this opening moment in the movie, because it helps so much in setting the tone for what everybody else now has to live up to. So they have an all-star cast of white people, but they also (laughs) have five people, uh, uh, five uh, singing voices Mm -hmm. done. Um, Yes. Which, okay. I'd rather I kind of rather that they would cast somebody based on their singing and their acting ability. Yes, that said, I will forgive them for Donnie Glover and um, Brian Stokes Mitchell because that pairing yes. was something I absolutely love. The Brian Stokes Mitchell was amazing, and mm-hmm. obviously he's singer actor on Broadway. Brenda Chapman, who is a director of this movie, yes. Did uh, the River Song reprise uh, mm. for Miriam? Nice. So, so that's she um, stepped in for. Um, is it Sandra Bullock who plays Miriam? Sandy Bullock. Okay, but she w- she did it on act like uh, it was a placeholder, and then they liked it so much that they kept it. Oh, so, there you go. But you have Sally Dworsky, who mm-hmm. is Miriam's other voice singing yeah that was the one you believe right yep and she's uh co-fronts the alt-rock band uma and she's also in like disney's pocket as a playback singer yeah um but it's interesting looking at all these people that like they have ties with uh disney and this is a not non-disney movie yeah this is dreamworks early early dreamworks at that yes and oh it's just so good it really is i mean it's such a vibrant story sort of to begin with like the like the basic structure of it is already so good so anything you add to it is only going to just make it better right um i I was in it, and like I said earlier, I'm not very religious, but I know the story of Moses, and you know the the montage that is the plagues was very mm. interesting. But it was very fascinating how they focused on family and like hugely so. Like they, uh, the like I said, that it was the brotherly love, but then it's also like 
family is what you choose, I guess, is a theme from this. Yeah, yeah. Because he had, he grew, Moses grew up knowing only the Pharaoh and the royal side of everything. Living in a palace, for goodness sake, while his sibling, his sister, was on the other side toiling away. His real, by blood sibling, I should mean, biologically speaking. Was Jeff Goldblum's character uh, by blood as well, or was that her husband? I thought that he and Miriam were married. Well, because... I remember in the beginning there are two siblings. Yes. So I was a little I was a little confused. I don't know what ha- we don't ever find out what happens to the two siblings. Except for Miriam. Except exactly. And she's also she's the one who tracks her baby brother, brother along yeah. the river. The other two stay behind, but she's the one who books it and is following to make sure he actually remains safe. Hmm. yes that's a, she's the little girl who's standing behind like the uh yeah the, I, I don't want to say foliage but she's standing behind the grass and she's the one peeking through going oh at the right before as he's getting scooped up from his basket for, by the, um the queen, the queen during mm-hmm. river lullaby yes um but we i mentioned all those other people who were the singing voices but obviously steve martin and martin short huh, uh did their own singing well they both can sing and, and you know martin short is, a, is an accomplished broadway actor steve martin composes and plays the banjo rather prolifically so why not and playing with the big boys the song that they yes. sing is not really like a singer's song it's like a co- comedic song it's a character song yeah so you could Which, do I could do it. (laughs) I mean, anybody who has a sense of humor probably could, but because it's the two of them specifically, I think is what makes it really work is that they had, they naturally have really good chemistry together. Yeah. Yes. And God, it's just, I'm just remembering like their characters and how they're, priests but they're also like we know magic (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) i think of them more as like royal advisors than like the high priests personally but maybe it's both i i imagine actually at that point in egyptian history they were probably functioning as both i know we're saying this is the book of exodus right um and there's magic and shit that happens and all that because why not but in reality, do we think that it was an actual spirit that went through to kill the firstborn as part of the the plague? Or was it like people who did it in the dark of night? Well, you know, sometimes they say you're moved by the spirit. I mean, that'd be pretty awful. But the other thing you have to remember is knowing what happened as in the first place which is that the egyptians were killing off what they you know they were killing off the hebrew babies first the soon-to-be israelites so you could it could be either or i mean it depends on how deeply you feel the the spirit works i have to say though that was a pretty moving moment in this movie where like when Moses realizes 
no what happened or what no um the 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 plague oh yeah where yes, you they do it in such a way that was so terrifying mm-hmm. i think that's the word i want to use yeah because like you have a child sleeping who exhales and that's it doesn't inhale yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you see a child, another child go in a house only to like hear carrying a bowl of fruit or whatever, only to hear the bowl crash and you see his arm come out of the doorway. I was like, damn, you guys yep. are going there. Highly effective for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that, that and it ties back into what we see in the actual hieroglyphics earlier in the movie in the scene with Moses and the, his uh, father. I'm putting air quotes around father, guys, um, for <laughs> the Pharaoh and the conversation, the very candid conversation that they have where, you know, Moses realizes like how many lives, so many lives are lost. And then the Pharaoh having to say, well, it's for the betterment of Egypt. And the, that moment is, well, it, it calls, what happens there, I think, also makes the whole scene with the plague, especially the dying of the firstborn Egyptian children, including the pharaoh's later pharaoh's son. Um, we see that it call like it, you have the setup for this to really hit hard, based upon the dream sequence that happens for Moses earlier in the movie. Speaking of when Moses uh, and his quote unquote father talk about mm-hmm. murdering babies how old do you think moses was when that happened in that scene where he kind of the d- self-discovery scene we'll call it yeah because like you have three stages of his life in this movie you have mm-hmm. infancy then this moment this mm-hmm. segment yes. where it ranges really mm-hmm. and then when he goes off when he leaves right and comes back and then comes back Uh, i would say he's probably 16 to 18 years old i was gonna say he's like late teens when he leaves that's and that harkens back to quinceanera sweet 16 lauren that's like that's an age when you're a grown-up so (laughs) but yeah i feel like he's a teenager because we know a number of years have gone by when he comes back to see Ramses. Pharaoh is dead. Right. Um, and Ramsey is now his brother is now um is now Pharaoh. And that is that is done by another montage with Through yes. Heaven's Eyes. <laughs> which is yes. a pretty banging song, if I do it say is. so myself. Yeah. And it's also nice to see the story development between, you know, Zipporah and Moses as well. Yeah, they gonna fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's the desert. What else are we supposed to do? <laughs> Work and fuck. <laughs> and reproduce, exactly. And reproduce. But then, you know, you get to hear Brian Stokes Mitchell just be like, just cr- just be in your ear holes for mm-hmm. three minutes or yeah. whatever, however long the song Killing is. Killing it. Killing Killing it. Killing it. <laughs> yeah, so I would say the movie spans probably... 30 years beginning to end that makes sense because you know a lot of times in the bite specifically in the bible they don't 
mention ages and i'm always just a little confused as to how old these people are supposed to be right well it's it's that's why it's a book did you also know that james avery was a voice in this movie who who was james avery who is he period or question or who was he in the movie who did he play in the film so Uncle Phil uh, was credited as additional voices, but the fact that they had him in there, I was just like, yes, <laughs> James Avery. And I'm surprised I, he has such a distinct voice that you would think you'd be able to hear it. Right. Maybe he played a guard. Right. Maybe he was the guard that was murdered. Yeah, very possible. Which, shout out to that as well uh very dark very dark moment Mm -hmm. what else is there i talked about ages oh Mm -hmm. fun fact (laughs) cheech and and chong were considered for the roles of hotep and hoi okay (laughs) i wouldn't have been opposed to that (laughs) that could have totally worked and then um i've also read and i don't know if this is still true uh apparently this movie is banned in egypt Oh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> Doesn't make them look good. No. Uh, Wait, else? is it still banned in Egypt or it has since been taken off? What is that? I found this fact on IMDb. <laughs> I so I'll take it with a grain of salt. Got it. Yes. Please do. Um... Yes. Did <laughs> Ramsey's actually sing that I'm uh, thinking about it? He does sing, right? Briefly. In the plagues? Yeah, the plague song. And then there was another one. Hold, please hold. I will look this up. You know, playing with the big boys, cry. No. Yeah, the plagues is the big one. Right? Yes. Because I'm trying to. Re- oh, all I ever wanted. I think as well the reprise maybe no because that's the well the f- first one is the nightmare which by the way that is done beautifully i know i fucking love it when in an mm-hmm. animated movie they're like we're gonna do a different style now enjoy mm-hmm. yeah oh i lied never mind no it really is just the plagues from what i can see looking at the soundtrack list because i'm trying I, I'm looking. I have written down obviously the names of people who were mm-hmm. um, the singing voices, and no one's credited for Ramses. I was just like Ram- Ramses, excuse me, and I was like, does he sing? <laughs> well, he does, but I'm pretty sure it is the voiceover actor is singing. That's what it's. That's what I'm reading. All right, Ray Ray Fines Fins Finnes. Have you pronounced your last name? Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> All right, Voldemort. I found it Voldemort. only appropriate that he went from Ramesses to uh, Voldemort. I'm like, yeah, so that, that, that's a good progression. <laughs> Voldemort, 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 Voldemort. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you have Helen, Dame Helen Mirren as the queen. Like, yes. <laughs> Though she didn't sing it, that was somebody no. else. Yes. Uh, this is 
This is like an uh, a stacked cast, and I just wish it was a little more diverse, personally. Mm-hmm. Linda D. Shane is, I yes. think, who is the queen. Who she sings sang, the queen. Who she sang, sang for the queen. She yeah. sings for the queen. <laughs> yes. And then um, you have a Mick Byram who yep. sings for Moses. Yes. And he basically just has a career of singing for movies yeah. and animated movies. Good for him, you know. Mama's got to get paid mm-hmm. somehow. Woo! Pennies <laughs> have to come from somewhere. <laughs> Heaven! Are any of these songs in your book? No. Are they ever in your book? No. Will you put them? Will you put River Lullaby in your book? No. Rude. I feel like I would be clocked for that one. Really? Because is it yes. a, is it a use a song that's used a lot for auditions no. and stuff? No, I mean like from a a ethnic ah, standpoint. Gotcha. Gotcha. I do not feel that I should be singing this music. Any of these songs. I will I will listen to it and love on it all day, every day. But I wonder because even though I'm I'm of Mediterranean descent being Italian, I don't know if it's like something I should be doing. And because I'm questioning it, because it's not a yeah, absolute yes, I should, the answer is no. no. <laughs> How do you feel about a good friend Steven Schwartz writing the music for it. Like how did that he, makes sense. How did he do, in your opinion? Like as far as writing? As far as writing, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, this music's great. I I appreciate everything he put into this. And you know, knowing that he is Jewish himself, you know, there's you know, there's added advantages to really understanding that particular style of music. I saw I I was I haven't downloaded yet the cast album because it's out apparently now it is it's on spotify you can check it out for the new musical production of it yeah because obviously there's more than nine songs oh oh it's a lot there are a lot of songs i think that nine songs doesn't even comprise the first act it seems (laughs) like it's an operetta i could be wrong though because i obviously Mm. haven't seen it but yeah. it seems like with looking at the the track listings and the song titles and all right. that, seems like it's mostly sung through, which kudos to him. I mean, I would also, I'm sorry, I'll let you finish. It. I was going to say, I, I don't hate it. You can. <laughs> well, that also would make sense because it is such a high stakes story you know, how much there is to lose and how much there is to gain is pretty outrageous. And I mean that as a compliment, that sometimes the only way to communicate that is through song. Dialogue doesn't necessarily hold that quite the same. No, it does not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get to sharpen flat? I don't know. I love this movie so much. So I'm happy to go on and on about all kinds of different parts of it and different moments. I'm happy to break all that down. I found it extremely interesting that a vast majority of the cast, however, did have voice doubles, like singing doubles. Right. Which, you know, that is something that harkens back to 
earlier productions uh, of movie musicals. Oh, where like it, Singing in the Rain, for ex- sure. Well, that... The, I the story just, of that, I mean. The story, yes. I also mean, like, the actual hiring of voice doubles. That was a very popular thing to do in the 50s and 60s, especially in these movie musicals. That the actors who you saw on screen were not necessarily the actors who were singing the songs right so i found that to be a little bit interesting and most of it i absolutely agree with the switches that were put in place but now like in the last four or five years especially it's just not as common to hire an actor who can't also sing their own songs um i want to say when frozen happened around that time yeah because those people they cast people who can sing they cast people who had yeah musical theater experience and then obviously you have the roxy gig in moana which i'm so happy for but that's just it like, it's perfect for that character like right. and the fact that dwayne johnson can hold a tune that was great <laughs> so it's interesting it's very interesting to me that you know in you know at this point where we're at the turn of the millennium at this point when this movie is going to be released that they were still bringing in singers and keeping the worlds very separate as the voiceover actors and then the singing actors i found that the the, the lack of crossover to be very interesting yeah because like in other disney films you had jody benson saying mm-hmm. and um oh crap who did bell is it Susan Egan? Yeah, she sang it. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, you also had Judy Kuhn sing uh, for Pocahontas. And, yeah, and Leia Salonga and in Leia's, Mulan. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like, you still had it going like both ways. Yeah. I, I don't, I think it was like, maybe with uh, uh, Moulin Rouge is when they started like not having a voice actor. I mean, I know Moulin Rouge is a live action movie, but like mm-hmm. that was the end of it. It felt like, or towards the end of it, I should exactly. say. Exactly. That's when the evolution kind of took place. And then in the two, in the 21st century, right? Is that what we're in? We're yeah. Like, Somehow. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, only 21 years into it, and I'm still questioning what century it is. Um, but with the 21st century, you have the progression of like, you need to be able to do this, whether you're good or not is another question, but like, mm-hmm. if you want to be considered for the role in this musical, you have to be able to not only act, but sing it and move a little. Yep. Very fascinating. Uh-huh. And on that note, let's get into Sharp and Flat. Sharp Flat. Obviously, in this section, if we're going to highlight some moments, if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't, it's flat. Uh, Lauren, what do you have any sharps? Uh, The whole movie. (laughs) Great. I will say, because I was. I'll go into more detail, but you go first. (laughs) I was. I picked details. I like the different styles of animation used. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have the regular story and then the what's the name of that song all i ever wanted dream sequence yes that was amazing balls mm-hmm. um really loved the plagues 
the song. Not the plague itself, guys. Just the, the sequence the, in this movie. The song. There was one specific shot that I loved, which was when Ramesses and Moses were like a split face where one was yes, in blue yes. and one was in red and they split to be two bodies. I was just like, fuck yeah, give me this. <laughs> I want this all day, every day. Nice. And I liked the the fact that they were obviously not Disney, so they went there with some scenes. Yeah, um, yeah. They could really express themselves fully and like really stick to the story, which yeah. was really nice. So like you saw a guy get murdered, great. You saw children get murdered. Awesome. You saw people getting whipped. You saw people getting whipped. And like also how they treated the religious aspect of it, which I don't think Disney would ever do that. Or yeah. I don't think Disney has ever done a Bible story to be fair. Well, yeah, I don't think so either. I have my issues with Disney and religion, but that's that's for a separate conversation. On our on our religion podcast with Lori. Yes, our rel- <laughs> this religion podcast that may or may not be real. <laughs> so, like, I just I like that because it wasn't Disney; they were able to do these things, and then obviously they treated them in a form of reality. Yeah, which was believable somehow. Yeah, no, they felt like real people. Which is what we want in a story. They're real people. Just me? I don't know. They're real people. Ah. I would also like to say the real heroes of this movie are Ofra Haza and Amik Byram. Yes. They win, as far as I'm concerned. They fucking do. Uh Uh-huh. Were those your sharps? I'm going to... And Brian Stokes Mitchell, because I love him. With the 11 o'clock number, right? (laughs) With what? the 11 o'clock number, right? I'm a little bit. And also I think that Through Heaven's Eyes is just, it's such a beautiful song. The lyrics really hold up. I mean, there's not a whole lot. I can like punch holes in this. And maybe that's a good thing. Or maybe I'm just my rose tinted glass. glass <laughs> my rose tinted glasses are firmly affixed to my face. Well, on that note, do you have any flats? Okay, if I had to clock it for anything, it's only because you're asking me. It's not because I want to say. Right. Um, you can say no. That's no, an option, No, I do, I, I do take... I have issues. They're just not super-duper major. I have issues with not having the cast that they hired for the voice, for the speaking portions of the movie not necessarily be the same for the singing the only exception to that i've already said is donny glover and um brian stokes mitchell it's the only one i personally give a pass to oh see and i just wrote down the whiteness of the cast yeah there's that as well i mean i I wish they had hired more like mediterranean actors be they egyptian or israeli or you know i mean if you wanted to greek and italian you could but my first choice would be egyptian actors actor or you know egyptian israeli actors they're out there i know they exist i mean the voice of his mother ofra haza yes this was great for her great exposure Mm -hmm. for her because obviously she well she had a small part but like it's still meaningful because you're talking about it 
Yes. Yochevet <laughs> for the win. She, if it weren't for her, there'd be no story, you know? If she did not sit and think, I need to save my son's life and uh, actually act on it, like that level of sacrifice, if that didn't happen, there would be no book of Exodus. Ta-da, you're welcome. Theology with Lauren, here we are. <laughs> Lauren literally just dropped a mic and smoked a cigarette. If I smoked right cigarettes, yes, I would definitely be <laughs> just sucking one down right now. While holding a martini glass? That's I don't full. drink anymore either! <laughs> <laughs> Giving me this look of what? <laughs> <laughs> I would be, I, let's be real, it'd be just like one gigantic cannoli. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying what we're all thinking. And if you weren't thinking about it, you're thinking about it now. So I win. Um, how do you say Michelle Pfeiffer's character's name? I'm not. It's spelt T-Z-I-P-P-O-R-A, right? H, yes. H, right. It's just Zipporah, typically. Zipporah? But it depends on, you know, is it, is it Israeli? Is it like Russian Jewish? Like it, it, it varies. But from what I know, the T is usually silent. silent. So it's just Zipporah. All right, so Zipporah, I didn't like how Zipporah is always seen with her mouth open as a reaction. (laughs) She's just a gape all the time. (laughs) She's just a gape all the time, or she's baring her teeth. And I'm just like, guys, like, you can show emotion without opening your mouth. Yeah, I mean... Either that or they were just watching Michelle Pfeiffer while she was doing it. And then that's maybe that was what she was doing. I doubt it, but it's possible. <laughs> and then um, you're going to hate me for this. And I, I don't care. Go for I, it. I didn't like how it ended with the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I mean, that is what happens after they take the journey. You it know? is what happens. In but 40, I'm just like. The 40 nights in the desert. But I'm just like, can we not have that be the ending? <laughs> Aww. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That's, That's okay. I don't, it doesn't make me mad that you didn't like that. That's fine. I thought, I thought it was kind of silly to go that far. Right. I always thought like it should just end with them after the water, you know. It should, oh, it goodness. should end with them still marching in the desert. Exactly. Like, cause like you wanted to tell this part of the story. You don't mm-hmm. want to like, I don't think that seems like they were setting it up for a sequel. Yes. And I was just like, guys, did you really need to do that? But (laughs) that's me. Um, I know I usually ask you if you want um, what character you'd want to play in the stage version, but I don't know if that's appropriate for this one. I would say probably not. I don't have an answer. So there you go. (laughs) I would gladly... It'd be one of those ones I would gladly sit in the audience for. Yes. You know what? Well, when, whenever we can get to London, yeah. and hopefully it'll play there, we'll go mm-hmm. see it on the West End. How's that? Yeah, exactly. Or if there's like the option to do like, cor- like choral singing where they sometimes will hire singers to stand backstage at a mic mm. and just to support the chorus. Like they, they still do that for some musicals. So I would do that. Okay. I'm just there as where it's just my voice, like I lend my voice to a project. That's cool. Yes. Um, I'll join you with that. You know. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not of the same singing caliber as, uh, as you are, so 
They may not hire me, but you never know. Anything's possible. In my dream world, they will. Um, exactly. What uh, are there any specific songs that you would add to your life's playlist from the movie? Oh God, I, that's not a fair question to ask. Oh no, uh, definitely. Can I give you? Through... Can I give you my answer so you can Please, yes, gauge yes. it? I wrote all of them. <laughs> Real helpful. Okay. So if you don't want to be picky, you can say the same thing as well. No, no, I can be, I can be discerning when I have to be, um, but only when I have to, uh, I would definitely say through heaven's eyes and, um, river lullaby. You don't want to have playing with the big boys. No, I'll be okay without it. (laughs) You know, I have other songs that are do the exact same thing. So it's, it's okay. Okay. I liked all of them. I mean, well, it's Stephen Schwartz. Like, what's not to like? The guy wrote Wicked for God's sake. So, oh, it's true. It didn't feel like a Stephen Schwartz thing, though, because usually, really, I felt it. I felt like Hercules vibes all the way. Oh, I should have thought of like that. I could. <laughs> I was thinking That's more of his stage versions where I couldn't mm. hear any of that in there. But oh, I hear Hercules all day. Okay. Okay, I believe you. Greece, uh, Egypt, they're just across a, a sea, you know? I will beat the gods, I can go the distance. Yes, both about, you know, the, the polytheistic religions and then they have the monotheism coming in. Yeah, there's a lot to play with. <laughs> really? Stephen was busy in the late 90s, okay? He was and still is, yes. um, hopefully. Uh, Lauren, though... Speaking of busy, we've come to the end. I know you're busy, but do you have oh, anything you want to plug and promote? I? No. Uh, you guys can find me um, on Instagram at lodges underscore sangs. And the same with TikTok. Um, don't try and find me on Facebook. I'm not taking new friend requests. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're hanging, you guys. It's a pandemic. Uh, I also teach voice lessons. So if you ever feel like you want to take a lesson, even if you're like, I have no experience, I don't know what any of this is, doesn't matter to me. You can come to me just the way you are and we'll start and we'll work together as well. So can they like DM you on Instagram? Yes, you can do that. That'd probably be the best way. Or, you know, contact me through my website, which is laurengismondi.com. I've owned that donate the domain name for a number of years now. So either option is great. And obviously you'll be seeing you her name is written everywhere on this goddamn podcast. So you can everywhere to be. Sorry. <laughs> uh Twitter. Any Twitter? Anything else you wanna Who me? No, yeah, I do not do the up. Twitter. Twitter and I are not friends. <laughs> Um, if you want to reach out to the podcast why am I yawning why am I I yawning (sighs) well we've been talking for a while John it takes a lot it's true if you want to reach out with the podcast and give me your thoughts and feelings on the Prince of Egypt or just your thoughts and feelings about life in general uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com you can also reach out on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at buttersongpod And tune in next episode where we talk about John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. My guest makes a pretty compelling argument as to why it's considered a musical. So stay tuned next Monday for this episode. What's a good way to segment out of here? I don't know. There's nothing really fun to say about (laughs) like joking. You know what? Let's go play with the big boys.
Laura, you want to go play with the? Lauren, no, 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 no. <laughs> want to show up the? Want to want to go show up the big boys? No, I'm okay. Thank you. <laughs> oh, nah, if you haven't seen this movie, everybody, you owe it to yourself to check it out. Uh, if only for the br- beautiful animation and the really uh, on point musical. And you'll understand why I can't make a pun at the end of this episode because you can't. Okay, the movie's too good for that. This isn't a stupid movie. You can't do it. I want to go see a whale in a in a in in the water that's in the Red Sea. That's really a shark whale. I read a oh, fuck. I had to read that fact so many times because people are like, it's not a whale because of the way the tail moves. It's a it's a shark whale. It's like okay. Bye! Lost, lost. Goodbye, everyone. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.